Welcome back. It's 18 minutes past 11. That song that you heard before we went to break was called Mickey Mouse Freedom uh, by uh, the late Lucky Dube. And uh, we played that song because uh, we want to have a conversation around hashtag Africa Unlocked Freedom on the continent as we continue our hashtag Freedom Month coverage. We're turning our attention today to the continent as many countries are or will be celebrating their independence, and most of them do so in this month that we're in the month of April. South Africa itself celebrates its uh, freedom on the 27th of April next week. Uh, Also, Morocco, Senegal, Togo, Zimbabwe, and Sierra Leone. We're also wanting to discuss the ISO that exists by not celebrating African Freedom Day and the meetings that were held by the great pan-Africanist leaders, which later led to the formation of the Organization of African Unity. And uh, to help us unpack this, we are joined on the line by, by Advocate Sipo Mandula. I'm sure he liked that song. Uh, Advocate Sipo Mandula is a senior researcher at the <clears throat> excuse me, at the Tabombeki African School of Public and International Affairs at the University of South, of South Africa. Advocate Mandula, good morning. Thank you very much for your time. Perhaps let's start with the celebration even of African Freedom Day. Do you want to start there? Good morning. Why should we still be having the African Freedom Day? Good morning. Refreshing morning, my sister and Jumbo Africa to your listeners, uh, Sister Jumbo, KG. A Jumbo. very important um, aspect that you will recall that uh, I've, uh, me and Sister Lerato Zebe, we have penned an article where we said that there, there are many significant commemorations in Africa, but if you want to rush to Africa Day next month, you must know that it was born or it was birthed by Africa Freedom Day of 15 April 1958. You will look that by then you had almost two African countries who were independent, so-called independent, what Lucky Dube called themselves a Mickey Mouse independence. Um, the issue of uh, Sudan, where there's conflict now, it was 56, it was Ghana 57. Now, in 58, when eight African independent states met, they resolved. They came into conclusion to fight for other independent, I mean, other states that were not independent, who were still under colonial occupation. That includes South Africa by then. So you will understand that from 58, it leads you to 63, which is 60 years ago. And as we were playing Miriam Makeba earlier, Miriam Makeba was part of that ceremony in 1963, the 25th of May in uh, Addis Ababa. Now, the issues of freedom, they go with the issues of governance. It goes with the issues of elections, democracy, which is an African-rooted democracy. Now, this freedom, Sister Komodo, might be on the sense of, is it only a national flag? Is it a national anthem that makes you free when actually you are still interdependent from the West? So many African countries took that view, and Nkrumah himself said that the independence of Ghana is meaningless if it's not linked to the total liberation of the African continent. So that's what that was the main point of entry coming from African founding fathers and mothers. And hence you see that the last African states to be independent was on the 9th of July 2011, that was the South Sudan. We are still sitting with the question of Western Sahara. So the issues of independence, freedom also will come around when we're looking at the article, but also do African member states also commemorate these days or do they follow the commercial foreign days that they are also celebrating? Do they follow the UN calendar? What about the African calendar? And that's the debate that I'll be taking even next month also to say why in South Africa 
African Liberation Day is not a public holiday. How do we instill the knowledge to the young people to understand the liberation and the freedom of the African continent, that it was not on a silver platter, it was not in the air-conditioned conference rooms, it was fought in the battlefield. I, I actually have read your article, Advocate, uh, and, and one of the things uh, you you talk about, yours, of course, and Lirato Tsebe's article, uh, let's not forget her, but one of the things you talk about in that article, uh, and, I, and I quote you, say, on most continents, given the severity of the challenges that the African continent has emerged victorious from or have overcome, uh, rapturous applause and continental-wide celebrations would ordinarily be both audible and be visible. However, there's an awkward and, and somewhat deafening silence that has befallen our beloved and hated African continent, considering these many commemorations that we find ourselves in the midst of. These commemorations, I ask, this is now the end of, of, of the part uh, of the quote, um, these commemorations, I ask you, do you want them to be collective or do you want, for example, South Africa? One of the things that somebody was saying on the show earlier on is that uh, don't we dilute issues when we as South Africans, for example, say Human Rights Day and we forget mm-hmm. the actual essence of what Human Rights yeah. Day stands yeah. for and, and what it was about? Because in a hundred years time, he asked, will people in Shopville, uh, you know, or even outside of Shopville, remember what it is that happened? on that day in Sharpville simply because we're calling the day Human Rights Day? No, no, no. Collectively, we have to celebrate all these days. Hence, Africa Day in most of our countries, it's a public holiday. And secondly, as you were talking about IP rights, the role of the creative and cultural workers on reminding us where we come from, it's very important. I further quote Uncle Don Matera, the late, when he said, memory is a weapon. If we can't remember, we'll always be dismembered. We'll always be erased from the server and from the data of knowledge. And that's how it is important that commemoration doesn't become your gala dinners. You know what happened in South Africa when Africa Day started? <laughs> it was the gala dinner affair and we selfie s- moment. We still have gala dinners you know? even now. So, 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 so your, your, your gala dinners and your inaugural lectures are too bourgeoisie in its uh, approach to commemoration. Despite that, I'm in an academic space. But you ask yourself a critical question as you said that this commemorative days, and I was listening to that call actually who sent that voice note about diluting our sources of our political struggles that Soweto Uprising Day, you cannot call it the Youth Day. Mm. Uh, the, the a day of Shaka, you can't just call it the Heritage Day and others go on a level of Bright Day. You can't dilute Shavilanga Massacre to call it Human Rights Day when Africans were never accorded that status of human rights and also the freedoms. Remember that the freedom is so broad that many constitutions in many member states, you have a freedom of movement, you have a freedom of speech, freedom of religion. But if you do an assessment on how do we commemorate them, how do we promote them mostly, how do we protect them? Mm. The issue of IP rights, how do we protect the freedom of creative uh, thinkers, expression, creators of knowledge, how do we even protect them, their freedom it is just not even a freedom. You can say it is something that has been given uh, with uh, some favors. Hence, when you, you are going to the debates of African commemorative days, you find that even governments, they have a single narrative of history. So the single narrative of history also is to also celebrate only their members. They forget others as if they were not part of the commemorative struggles. 
But and also, that's why we are having a problem. But also there's, uh, you know, other organic tools outside of just uh, specific days that we can point at. And I love that in your article, you pointed the Africa Peer Review Mechanism. Mechanism, uh, correct. Y- yes, uh, as a notable achievement uh, that ought to be commemorated, that ought to be celebrated. Why don't we take such tools, such important organic yeah. tools to measure and assess the state of our governance of our democracy, of our elections, uh, you know, yeah, by, yeah. By, our, by our own peers, by our, our own uh, yeah. elders. No, 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 correct. Remember that was our barometer and South Africa played a critical role in that creation of the Africa Peer Review. And where we are not far from, halfway house in the Pan-African Parliament, the Secretariat of APRM sitting there with a lot of dossier and files of bad governance that happens in member states in Africa. And they are not only looking at bad governance, like you said, they are also giving indications, the tools of application. How do you resolve those hanging low fruits of challenges of neo-colonialism and even colonialism? How do you deal even with militarization of power in Africa? How do you deal with greed and corruption that is in Africa? You know, so that report, you have knowledge thinkers like Professor Eddie Maloka, who has been sitting on APRM, but we hardly engage them. But the people of Zooms and Teams, you know, the problem of, you know, of online academic sessions must come to the radio because you need them so that the listeners will open their minds so that you don't have academic sessions uh, of consultants there about APRM. Remember that APRM also, South Africa had recommendations how to deal with their governance system. So to find ourselves in the in this corruption allegation of Zondo Commission, all those aspects are held on the Africa Peer Review mechanism. The OAU, we are the member of OAU. I don't know it was OAU, now it's AU. We yes. joined OAU in, in 1994. Yeah. So it's 29 years. So next year will be 10 in 30 years having rejoined OAU. But if you look, does Agenda 2063 talk to us? Does African mechanism? There were business elites just recently in Cape Town on Africa continental free trade. How does it benefit the small business? How does it benefit uh, the spaza shops of Africans and South Africans particularly, specifically Africans, those who are trading by border to border? So you find that elites and elitism continues on even how do we remember and commemorate our days and celebrations like i said to you earlier they become a celebrity moment of of selfies and and, and gala dinners yeah a celebrity moment of selfies and 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 gala dinners interesting enough i saw something online that was saying there's um uh, an uh, there's an inaugural lecture on uh miriam mageba uh, that is being done at unisa actually um i think it's it's on it's, sunday yes yes i remember i saw something on on online about that but you know that's another elitist thing as 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 you are saying <laughs> but but uh, but i want to talk about uh you know pan african leaders uh, as you say in your article uh you know uh, that we should never forget uh whether they came from the north or the south or the west or or, or, or central africa how do we determine which ones uh or do we commemorate and celebrate all of them no, we do, and we we do forget that we always say founding fathers of Africa, but yes. we do forget mothers Cause, cause and, and, and we forget mothers, we forget women particularly. <laughs> yes. we, we do forget women. And now, when you think of these leaders that I mentioned, I mentioned Emperor Haile Selassie, I mentioned Lumumba, Nkrumah, Felakuti, Miriam Makebas, 
But when I say we have to commemorate and celebrate them, how do we uh, determine them? During the week at our school, Tabumbik, we were talking about Gaddafi to say, is Gaddafi a hero or a villain? Mm. Who says who sets that standard of our leaders? How do we commemorate our leaders and look at their legacies? Because most of them have complex legacies, but where are we picking up on their strength, on their achievements? Because normally we want to focus on challenges of our leaders, but we don't take the strength and the knowledge that they've left us behind. Because mm. so, so you find that our African leaders, they might have left us with signposts, they might have left us with signals, with some data to load and to say, where do we look? on the knowledge of Africa. And hence I said, you have selective narrative of these commemorative days also. You have absence of other races in our national commemorative days. You look at next week, uh, we are talking of uh, Freedom Day that will be commemorating. You will see the absence of the other races. Mm. But is it important to worry about their absence because they never want us to be free? They still keep us on another form of slavery, Mm -hmm. which is economical slavery, cultural slavery. So you find that there's always a way of, of... making Africans to move away from the real issues is the concern. Hence, I said, it is important to remember our legends and our icons and our freedom fighters, but at the same time, not glorify them because some of them have become bourgeoisie elitist that they even forget but, the role but, of Sankara. I want to ask about Lumumba. us. I want to ask about us as South Africans and how we commemorate. I'm going to go to headlines. Uh, but uh, I was talking about 76, Youth Day, so-called Youth Day, and, and how yeah. we commemorate it yeah. in so- South Africa. And I, I'm going to be blunt. We wear school uniforms and we go drinking. Uh, is that yeah. the correct way to commemorate it? News headlines, Dineo Mutau. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. Welcome back. It's 11.33. We've been in conversation with Advocate Sipo Mandula, Senior Researcher at the Tabombeki African School of Public and International Affairs at the University of South Africa because, you know, we're commemorating Freedom Month and uh, we have turned our attention to the continent uh, because many African countries celebrate their independence in the month of April and uh, we celebrate African, I mean, Freedom Day next uh, next week. And uh, the advocate, Advocate Mandula, wrote uh, a compelling article actually with Lirato Tsebe and they look at some of Africa's major milestones and wonder why those milestones are not being celebrated properly. So I wanted to ask that question regards us regards uh, before I even just go to uh, Africa or we've been to to the rest of the African continent. Uh, We are here of course but I wanted to ask about us as South Africans and how uh, whether or not we are fully reflective and uh, commemorate uh, certain days that relate particularly to us in the way that we should. Choreographing our national days, it reminds me of the days in Northwest Mahiki and the first National Youth Day celebration that was celebrated. It was full of spray of booze and young people <laughs> being raped there. So you see, I have a, an, an understanding of why we were critical that we don't celebrate, we commemorate all these days with the intention not to also have what we call the thinking of only the past, but how do we build the future? Mm. How do we assess the uh, present? John Henry Clark always used to say, history, it is a clock. It tells you where you have been, where you are, where you are going. Now, choreographing, uh, state um, uh, uh, presence, what Ngugiwa Tiongo will say is enchantments of power. You will see the president and the minister taking the podium. But you don't find the real fighters and the real 
political liberation movements being given the voice also. So you have a single narrative of a domination of even politicians in observing these days. And also you see a spree of can, putting way, I mean, Mecca, or I mean, uh, Workers' Day, May 1, as a public holiday. But you failed 24 days later to put Africa Liberation Day as a public holiday. And to say you make in, income also on it. I'm not saying have many holidays, commemorate all the time, because also commemorations must also have a budget limitations. You don't just celebrate for the sake of celebrating. Mm. And also the issue that I'm trying to emphasize is the historical knowledge for the young generation that they don't lose the memory of what happened previous. For us to be celebrating our freedom of media, the freedom of the speech, there were people who were fighting. There was Black Wednesday. There were Black Consciousness members who were who were banned in the Black newspapers. The radio stations, they were scratching all reggae musicians' uh, albums. Like today, you are shocked. The government is honoring Peter Tosh now, National Order of uh, Oliver Tambo next week. But you look at how you are creating the freedom songs also to suit you. But when it is supposed to suit people like like you do with Jambo, Abu Sister Pumi, it does it not cover mm. even your local artist being covered. So you can see that the vision of this Freedom Month is also important, as you said, the national days. How do we commemorate them? How do we give them? But it sits with the Department of Arts and Culture. You have organizing committees, Sister Comte, me and you, we know that. Mm. The events organizers, sometimes they're only after their pockets. They mm. don't know the, the they don't see the long-term vision. They're only mm. looking at the budget. Yeah. How much must we give it to the tenders? Yeah. They don't look at the broader picture. When you ask for the report, they can't even... Spell and write proper properly. English. Yeah, yeah. They can't write proper. So, so you, but they can account for the rents. The, you know, the people love you here, Advocate Mandula, so they want to engage you. I feel like I'm hogging you. And, you know, they, they insult me when I'm hogging you. So l- let's hear some of the things that they've had to say. Good morning, good morning, KG. Wow, wow, wow. It's really a Mickey Mouse freedom. We didn't start it. But now we have to fight for it. Wow! Lucky Dube, the great. What a great show. Good morning, good morning. Is- Hi, this is my view and opinion. For Shuffle Day to be changed to Human Rights Day, I commend the person that created that. Reason being, it is history of what happened. We commemorate those people that have lost their lives for fighting for freedom. And I personally believe it is a great thing that they have done to change it to Human Rights Day. We have got it as history. When it comes to Human Rights Day, we notify the people as what has happened on that time. And therefore, we got human rights now. We as the current generation don't do what the previous generation has done. Therefore, I believe it's a great idea to change it to Human Rights Day because you're teaching them how the new human rights laws work and how you as a human being should act and don't act like the previous people have acted. Thank you and God bless you. Hi KG, this is Faith. I just thought I should mention that this year, 2023, marks the centenary uh, birthday of um, Amilcar Cabral, the first president of Guinea-Bissau and a prolific poet, an engineer and a a great activist. One who who was there for 
the continent, really. Um, and it would be good to know what um, uh, Mr. I just advocate um, Mantula has to say about that. Um, I'll be listening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do you want to respond particularly to that last one, Advocate Mandula? Yes. yes well, please. interesting when he mentioned Amil Cabral. Remember, the, the, there is a famous slogan and quote that politicians like to use in this country on Amil Cabral looking at Guinea-Bissau. It is important to understand that even if we remember Amil Cabral, are we working on his deeds? Are we doing his thinking, his philosophical thinking of African socialism? Are we doing his methods of educating the African people? It's the same like last year, it was Nyerere's 100 years, that Walimu Nyerere, we could not even reflect on Walimu Nyerere. No, so when you look at these freedom fighters, it is important that we, we try to emulate them, but we don't imitate them. We don't misinterpret them. We don't misrepresent them also in their philosophical understanding. Hence, when I spoke of Africa Freedom Day celebration on Saturday on the 15th of April, well, people like Nkrumah, they were part of it. And now when we think of Nkrumah, we don't use this thinking on the present moment that we are in. And again, as one, some of the voice notes are saying human rights and Shaville, I think they're getting it wrong again. We don't have to erase the history that happened in Shaville, Orlando and and Langa, because I, I'm always adding Orlando, because Sobuko led the march to Orlando. He never led the march in Shaville. Rekosana led the march in Langa. And we also missed the missing point. There were not 69 victims of Shaville. There were now 80, 87. A new data and research tells us that there were more victims. Mm. You know, it's common. So, so history cannot be seen as if we call it human rights. In Africa, actually, we don't use the word human rights. We use human and people's rights. That's the language we use because the UN Charter on Human Rights never recognized Africans as humans. We had to prove that we are humans to yeah. the global community. But Let in the African human rights system, we are people. We are the we are the sons and daughters of the soil. Let me quickly go to break and 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 have you think that. Uh, notwithstanding everything that we just spoke about, uh, there's still deadly violence uh, in Sudan, as you and me are having uh, this this conversation. And, you know, have your last thoughts of where Africa begins to even start uh, to value itself a lot more than what we're currently doing as your last thoughts. It's 11.41. We're going to... Welcome back, 11.43. We've been uh, talking uh, with Advocate Sipo Mandula, uh, you know, talking how Africa should uh, commemorate uh, its freedom. Advocate, your last thoughts, uh, because time is no longer <coughs> even on my side. No, Sister Komuto, that's quite true. The hotspots in Africa also undermines this meaning of freedom. As we spoke about the North Sudan, Khartoum, uh, Somalia, DRC, the Sahel region, it also undermines the role of, was, was Sudan independent really in 1956 or was it a Mickey Mouse independence? Um, you look at the, even the role of international bodies, they are fighting proxy wars in an African soil. Those are the challenges. And finally, I will say that uh, we need to always uh, interrogate the uh, African commemorative days. We have to make them beneficial to our people. They should benefit our people uh, educationally. It should benefit our people not to forget where we come from. Hence, it is important not to forget uh, our past and related to the present and shape the future for the coming generation. Because if we don't do all this talk, Sister Komoto, it will be a meaningless talk that we don't 
critique even the state. We don't critique institutions of higher learning to say, how do we address even the academic freedoms in the universities? Do universities also speak truth to power? Mm. Or are they just publishing for the sake of even publishing? Is the media also doing a fair assessment of Africa when it is this moments of Africa month and or Africa yep. Freedom Month and come next month they're, they'll be telling talking about me to, they're telling, all the way. They're telling me to stop, advocate, emulate, not <laughs> imitate or misrepresent. I love that line. Thank you very much, advocate Sipo Mandula. Uh, Asante Sana. Asante Sana. We leave it there. And uh, I wanted to tell you that yesterday the Nelson Mandela uh, Foundation in partnership with the EU Umbe Trust celebrated the 100-day countdown of the hashtag Trek for Mandela expedition up Mount Kilimanjaro. One of the climbers for this year's expedition is a familiar voice here on SFM and in this next audio clip Songezo Mabekwe who's the host of SFM Viewpoint shares with us his role in the expedition don't forget update at noon at midday